Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem, exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives. You know it, I know it. Songs have magical powers to transform people's souls, and these are the songs we want to hear about. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and in this episode, we'll talk to two artists, Benjamin Booker and Laura Patino. Laura fronts the Austin band Holiday Mountain. Both of them talked about songs that spoke to them musically and thematically and helped them as artists figure out what they wanted to say with their music. First up, Benjamin Booker. He came out with his debut self-titled record in 2014 and blew everyone away with these really emotionally raw... Like, I'd call it blues rock, but that's an undersell because there's punk in there and some of his melodies are incredibly hooky. I mean, let's just say he did his own thing and nailed it. And we here at KUTX are big Benjamin Booker fans. Well, he came to Austin for Fun, Fun, Fun Fest and sat down with me backstage to talk about a song that helped him and is helping him figure out what his next release will sound like. So here he is. Benjamin Booker. A few years ago, this album came out on David Byrne's label called Luca Pop, mm-hmm. uh, called Who is William Onebor? Um, and uh, there's a song on the album. I mean, the whole album is incredible, but there's a song on it called like Why I Go to War. It's like a, a great one, I think. Why go to war? I, I guess like it was like a big uh, turning point for me. It's like this guy who's like really mysterious from like Africa from the 70s. He's playing like this like groovy kind of like psychedelic kind of stuff with like weird like stuff like that. But it's also like very like political uh, music. And I guess like uh, I haven't in like the past like uh, done that kind of stuff. But I think that that album has just been like slowly creeping into like the stuff that I've been doing recently. And just like uh, the idea that you can have music that is uh, fun and like uh, groove based and like people can dance to, but it's also like uh, coming at you with like a message, like that kind of thing. And so, I don't know, that like, uh, was just like, whoa, you can really, I've never heard somebody like do it so well, like, you know what I mean? So, I think that's like, definitely the song that was just like, wow. Excellent. Mind blown. I mean, so, and you've been making music, has it been mostly about, like, thematically about personal Yeah, yeah, it's been really personal uh, stuff. Um, And like, I mean, like, uh, I guess it's like hard to like, uh, there's like so many things happening like all the time, and like, it's hard to, I guess, sometimes talk about... uh, 
things that are happening like around you, like non-personal stuff, like political stuff and like social um, issues without being like too preachy. You know what I mean? It is. But it, it is. didn't. But that song doesn't feel like that uh, to me. It feels like it's coming from like a, a real place. And I guess that was like, oh, there is a way uh, to do it and for it to be uh, right. But it's maybe not the easiest thing to do. Tell me why you like war. You want another guy to stop a bullet for you, but you never, never. There's not really uh, that many bands like talking about uh, like very political, I guess, like artists these days. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, like Rage Against the Machine was like a huge band. I mean, when I was born, like, I mean, you had, like, public enemy and stuff like that. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the power. But I don't, I th- is there somebody doing that kind of stuff nowadays? I mean, I feel like less and less in mainstream music so yeah. you were so you were a kid in the 90s, obviously. 90s kid, yeah. And, uh, and the 90s kid, there were, 90s, there were all these, like, like for me, there were all these like women talking about oh, being yeah. women, you know. And then um, there, like, there was NWA. There was uh, there was Rage Against the Machine. People who were like actively yeah fighting the power structure. And now, well, when I was a kid, I grew up, I grew up in Florida, uh, and so like the hometown band was like uh, against me, and like uh, not so much now, but like when they were younger, like first starting off, it was like very like uh, I don't know, it was like intense stuff. Like all the songs were very like they had. Uh, songs about Condoleezza Rice and like just like all these like because I mean like they were like for me like the punk band of like the Bush administration kind of thing so it's just like that's who like all the skate kids and people were going to for like all their news and stuff like that. Rushing change under a Bush doctrine Democratic installations Dancing war for dancing soldiers What are we gonna do now? De-escalation through military force that's cool i mean like uh, i think that they were like following like the clash and like those kind of bands and it's like i don't know i guess it used to be that like uh kids would get their news from like bands you know what i mean like their views and that kind of stuff and it's just, like uh i guess that's disappeared like a little bit i think so i think there's so much going on and it's hard to like i don't know i mean i don't know why it is like why are people less well it's political scary. in music i guess it's like scarier now maybe because like um uh, there's so much like competition now and like uh, I think that it's like scary for people maybe to like uh, talk about like the things that they uh, care about and like the way that they feel because they don't want to like upset people because like uh, there's everybody's like fighting to like uh, just make it as a band and like so so if you're fighting to, like, to get heard you don't want to alienate people by right yeah. like talking yeah. about something that they might might make them uncomfortable yeah and everybody gets so uncomfortable about you know what i mean like yeah. it's just like politics <laughs> it's just like ah don't let's please not talk about it like, <laughs> do you think that there's two things kind of entering your music like um more of like a dancey synth thing because you're you've been doing mostly guitar driven yeah music. i mean there's definitely like more um i'm from that i guess in like other bands like there's another band from africa from back then called witch Or like there's a, a 
like a Caribbean like uh, funk band called like um, The Beginning of the End. They have an album called Funky Nassau, which is really cool. What's it called? Funky Nassau? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nassau's gone funky. Nassau's gone so. We've got a dog on beat now. We're gonna call our very own. That kind of, like, I've been listening to, I guess it's just, like, kind of, like, uh, like, it's, like, soul music, I guess, mixed with, like, psych music, uh, and, like, I guess, yeah, that's been, like, something that's really, uh, interests me, and that, like, the last couple years, that's pretty much all I've been listening to. So I, I feel like the next record I make will definitely reflect that and be different a lot. Mini skirts, maxi skirts, and afro hairdo, people doing their own thing, don't care about me or you. Do you do you know then thematically kind of the things you want to talk about or the things you yeah, want to address? Yeah, I mean, of course, like it's uh, there's always going to be like personal uh, things, but I mean, like I think like uh, now that I'm like uh, getting older, I think it's easier to um, look at things from like a, a bigger perspective and like from just like traveling uh, the last couple of years and like seeing so many places and like going um, to different spots and stuff. I mean, like uh, I don't know. I think it'd be like really weird not to like. <laughs> talk about that kind of stuff after so much like touring and stuff like that you know like you've seen so much and you've experienced so much and it would be strange to, <laughs> to just, just continue to just talk about myself <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so the next benjamin booker record will be maybe more political maybe more dance psych influence? I, I don't i don't know how like well i think it's just going to be more probably less about uh me than the first album which was just like uh me coming out of a bummer period <laughs> And like whining a bunch. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it's like the next time. It's so interesting the perspective that uh, that an artist has on their own music. Like after you've played songs enough, and you're like, Wait, yeah, well, what? yeah. Like, it was I'm really not weird. That guy anymore. Yeah. Well, it was really weird at the beginning because like I wrote the songs, um, pretty much all of them before I knew that they were going to be put out, and like had pretty much wrote them to give out to friends and stuff like that. So uh, when it came time to like actually play them for people, it was like, oh gosh! Like, <laughs> wait a second! Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> so now, I mean, that I guess that also works into it. Now that I know that the record is going to be like heard by uh, other people, like I mean, that definitely affects whether you like it or not the way that you write songs, you know. Well, and that's interesting too because bef- now that you know other people are going to hear it, it's like, well, well, what I want to hear is like music with a message and also yeah. with a beat so what i want to give to other people is that same well there, i mean there's the whole like i remember taking like a uh, this class like this harlem renaissance class when i was in college and like you were we were reading about like all these like writers and like um people who were like writers but also like activists and like stuff like that and it's like uh there's like a lot of debate over like if you are like an artist and you have like a platform and you're in front of people every day like it's it seems like kind of a waste to like not uh be saying anything and just like singing songs about girls all the time you know do you ever have you ever heard Nina Simone's Backlash Blues? I haven't heard that song, but I watched her documentary recently on Netflix <laughs> and like had no idea. Uh, I knew that she was like pretty, uh, like politically active and like had some angry years, but I didn't realize how uh, aggressive she was. With well, it. well, there's a, there's this part of Backlash Blues, and she does it differently every time. But she talks about like her. She'll be like, my friend Langston Hughes told yeah. me that like Nina, like once you're up in front of them, like you have to like bring yeah. it to them. That like, was one of those bring it to where they live. About. Yeah, yeah. Langston Hughes died. Oh, he told me many, many years before he said, Nina, keep on working till they open up the door. One of these days when they open it, the doors are open wide. Make sure. 
market to them where they live, where they have no place to hide. Or like if you look at people like James Baldwin or like those kind of people, it's just like, I mean, they're known just as much for their uh, work, like social work, uh, as their like art, like their writing and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's important to me, I guess, to like not just be uh, an entertainer. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like a song and dance man. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. There needs to be something more at the core of what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, which is what I'm, I'm trying, trying to do. violent shiver from Benjamin Booker, and I loved hearing how this recording came about, how it was really written and recorded without other people hearing it as a factor in its creation. And now that he knows he has an audience, well, the stakes are up to bit. Hey, if he's moving in a William O'Neill or beginning of the end direction, well, I personally think that's a killer direction to move in. Before we move on to Laura Patino, I'd like to ask that if you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to head to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. We at Team This Song, and I say team because we are a team, a team of interviewers and editors and now social media helper outers, we love to hear what you think. Seeing a new rating or reading a new review makes us all swell up with podcast pride. Plus, it helps us in the realm of iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to become a subscriber, and that way you can get next week's episode with Jose Gonzalez and Leopold and His Fiction delivered right to you. Next up, Laura Patino. She fronts an Austin band called Holiday Mountain that does electronic music in a style that I can really get behind. It's incredibly catchy and super weird in the best way. And she came into KUTX to tell me about a song and an artist that helped her find her way as a woman in this often anti-woman culture and as a musician. So here she is, Laura Patino. The song I wanted to focus on is called Bird Flu by MIA. And that's the first track off her album, Kala. And um, I think it came out in 2007, but for so many years it's been like an album that's just offered me more and more strength in different areas of my life or just feeling powerful um so I feel like she was kind of an initial female music role model that kind of got me in touch with feeling like it's okay to feel like powerful and aggressive and that that's invigorating and something that women it's okay we're allowed to feel that you know Yeah, I mean, so it came out in 2007, and did you hear it 
kind of when it came out? I think so. Yeah, I got. I remember in high school getting onto one of the songs.、Uh, it was sort of a Pixies cover, and I really liked the Pixies then. So I was like, "This is awesome." Where is my mind? But back in high school, I don't think I was really in a place to appreciate electronic music.、Uh, but then in college, I really started getting into that more. And、uh, but I, I think I was like struggling with like body image issues a lot more back in college. And that was one of those albums that、um, like always made me feel powerful and kind of helped me make that transition to like taking care of my body and feeling like strong and healthy and. I think there were just like a lot of depictions around me of like women not looking strong, like strong, you know. So yeah, totally, it really inspired me. But you said like in high school you were kind of into the Pixies or oh, totally, mostly punk, just like anything with that punk attitude. That was just like a time where I it was really invigorating to like discover. Letting out aggression or letting out feelings of like feeling misunderstood in like a creative format and having that empower you rather than just kind of like isolate you. It definitely gave me a a platform to just exercise how I was feeling in a way that ultimately made me a lot of friends and just the whole idea of like being in a mosh pit with people and. Uh, you know, I've heard this didn't happen for boys. I heard maybe it's just because I'm a girl. But if if somebody fell, or maybe it was just Denver, Colorado. You know, back when I was a teenager there, like if somebody fell, everybody picked them up. And like I just loved that attitude of we're all kind of experiencing this aggressive energy together, and it's we're all kind of moving as one unit. You know, but、yeah. some, sometimes you'll get punched in the head, but like not on purpose. <laughs> A lot of it was like not、uh, of my generation, like Operation Ivy. The Mighty Boss Tones. Scottalites. All that stuff. I think what originally got me into it was Bob Marley, which is like a kind of a strange transition from one to the next. But at the end of the day, Bob Marley kind of has a punk attitude too, of like speaking the truth. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess that is really punk rock. Like he's speaking the truth, and and reggae and ska are pretty well, yeah, meshed. You in, can see that,、size. yeah. And then you go to college, and、oh, you kind、yeah. of find yourself like a little, little opened up to electronic music. Was that?、Mm-hmm. Do you think that was because you played keyboards? Like you kind of had an entry into that, or yeah, it was a perfect. Piano turned out to be kind of the perfect instrument to write on, especially nowadays. That、uh, like a MIDI keyboard is just essentially like a、yeah. piano keyboard, but with a lot more control. And honestly, like the way that I changed from maybe feeling punk to 
feeling electronic was it's just like once you start hearing it it's almost like a drug like coffee or something where then you're like I always need this level of clarity of tone and stuff otherwise it just feels like something's lacking like I feel that with coffee for sure (laughs) but but just the like sounds like the level of depth and like dimension to electronic music like just became kind of more and more addictive to my ears Yeah, it just took me to, like, a deeper place, I think. And do you think that you were kind of, like, at that time in college, you said you were having some, like, body image issues? Yeah. So do you think you were actively searching for something to give you a different perspective? Like, Absolutely. I still still am always looking because I, I feel like there are just images all around us that depict what a woman should be but it's usually in a very aspirational sense where like it's being used to sell something you know like a a woman's youth is is being used to sell like a fantasy of how we wish we could feel but it's like this illusion like it's like this thing that doesn't actually exist so I guess I'm I'm still always looking for like women who are being real and (laughs) breaking through that and yeah otherwise I think it's ultimately kind of poisonous and I think we've been taught to be like obedient in a lot of ways that feel really good to break out of (laughs) (laughs) and so when you heard MIA did you kind of hear what you had been listening like you had been looking for you heard yeah absolutely yeah just this like strength and uh then looking up just what her image was was also really exciting that she didn't just have like a boob job and like (laughs) you know that she just is being her she's being herself like 100% like the world she created is so unique but it's like a place that feels sustainable like you want to be there for an hour like her albums I'll just listen to start to finish like over and over again Starting as a musician, I had a lot of people telling me that it's cool. I don't know, like, what you're doing. I don't know what it is, but, like, you have something going on. And sometimes that still is something people tell me, which I feel like that's, yeah, that's one reason I'm so attracted to MIA is she's, like, she's doing something nobody else is doing. And and that's why it's awesome. She has, like, a point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is really important to... Oh, my God, it's the most important, Yeah. Yeah, not and not just for women, just all, all around. I mean, I I really resonate with the weirdest people when I go through a town. Those are the people that I I remember, you know, years later, just like the ones who really were being themselves. Like they're the most inspiring people. So I don't know. I lo- I just love being around weird people like that, where they're so comfortable with how they really feel, even if it's super different than what we're being taught is the right thing to do you know or feel I mean it sounds like what you've been doing is kind of coming into your own like accepting yourself for who you are and what you want to do and the music that you want to make and the image that you want to have and you have this new record that you recorded 
last summer. So do you think that that's like the next step? You were talking earlier before we turned on the mic about how you you were like, we just want to make a record that we would want to turn up to with our friends. (laughs) (laughs) So is that is that the consideration? Is there is there a deeper a deeper vibe of like kind of acceptance and openness to to what you're to what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, I think that's ultimately like that that idea of being at a great party with your friends is that ultimate idea of feeling alive and feeling young and just being okay with having fun and do, doing whatever feels good and sometimes it's like the more responsibilities you take on as you get older that just that state of mind is like challenging to find so it was really awesome to just like send that intention and put that intention out for a month of like whoa let's go like every morning (laughs) it's like raging i'm tired of controlling what i can't the thought of you just makes me wanna dance Here, bump that bass by Holiday Mountain, and hey, don't you want to just turn it up? Laura and I actually talked for a long time, and we had to edit out a lot. And one bit that we couldn't fit in, but that I loved in the moment, was her describing to me the way she wanted people to react to her music. She called it the dead fish dance. It's when you're so excited that you jump in the air like a little kid and uncontrollably flip your hands and arms and legs back and forth. It's like a super bodily expression of, yay! And that's the feeling she wants to give to people. And I wholeheartedly support her in that mission. I'll post a link to the Holiday Mountain video for Bump That Bass on the KUTX This Song page. And thanks to both Benjamin and Laura for sitting down and talking about music with me, because it's pretty much the most fun thing to talk about. And that's it. We have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9. This episode was produced and edited by Jack Anderson, David Sanger, and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Jack is now the KUTX Saturday Late Night DJ, and you can hear him every Saturday from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. He'll take you to the club and get you home from the club. The Benjamin Booker interview was recorded by Jake Perlman, and the Laura Patino interview was recorded by me. Thanks to Peter Babb and Deidre Gott for all their help with the podcast. Our social media is being updated and improved and run by the fabulous Antoinette Masando. Welcome to the This Song team, Antoinette. Our theme song is Mahoot by Austin's own most excellent hardproof Afrobeat. You can email us at thissong at qtx.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thissongkutx. You can like us on Facebook. Thank you, Antoinette, for setting all that up. You can subscribe to this song along with the other KUTX podcasts, liner notes, song of the day, and Austin Music Minute on iTunes. And like I said, we'd love a rating or a review. Right on. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.
KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.